Uh, hello, and welcome to Harko Meets Humans here at Point and Studios. And today we have uh, Nicole Gaffney. Hi. <laughs> hello. Uh, from Carb on Carb. Yes. And Girls Rock Camp Aotearoa. Yes. You are a founding member of Girls Rock Camp Aotearoa? I am. And Carb on Carb. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> one of two. Yeah, one of and two. And then one of many with Girls Rock. Yeah. Oh, I, and I've got to be honest, like, I'm going to say some nice things. Ooh. Very about nice. you, <laughs> but oftentimes I, I talk a lot about things that I think might need to change or like old things in the music industry that like maybe we could try new things. And I really wanted to have you on because I, it's going to be a whole episode of essentially like you're actually doing new th things mm. and it's nice. And I really wanted to kind of highlight someone who was actually already doing the thing because for me, Girls Rock Camp Aotearoa is like a, an, an, an actual solution to a real actual problem. Um, and I really just wanted to learn more about it and kind of get that out there. Cause I think you, it's, it's incredible shit. So oh, thank you. It's That's all right. Nice. <laughs> so how, tell me about like how it started, like, like really what, what the mindset was and, and all that. Yeah. Um, kind of like, I think a lot of people in the Auckland music scene and Aotearoa music scene, and all music scenes around the world kind of like have had this sort of idea that, you know, something is a bit, it's a bit wrong. Something needs to be fixed. And then I think I saw, I've always kind of had this idea of like, you know, mentoring younger women and trans and gender nonconforming people because I had like, I had a pretty okay time doing music as a teenager, but I had a lot of peers who had a really bad time. Mm. And, you know, it was like, I was like, well, how can we fix this? And then I watched this um, movie called Girls Rock and it was about the American camp. So the first American camp that got started was in Portland, Oregon. And it was in like 2001. And it was like, you know, like Carrie Brownstein and like Beth mm. Ditto, all these like huge musicians were play, like involved in this Girls Rock thing. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then um, they started one in Canberra in Australia in 2016 right. and I was like well I'm signing up like I'm gonna go and just see what it's like and then maybe bring it to New Zealand so yeah I went over and then after that I got in touch with um, a couple people who also had the same idea to do it in New Zealand and they were like let's just do it like we can do it it's fine yeah and then it happened yeah <laughs> yeah right and how many years has it been going now uh, we started in March 2017. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, our first camp was 2018 in January, though. Yeah. So this will be our fourth one in 2021. Which you've just announced, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So our fourth Auckland one, sorry. There's been two in Wellington already as well. So when you were, like, going into it, did you have – what was – did you have a real main, like, this is the, the most important aspect that we need to try and mentor – um, these young people through like, or is it just kind of a real across the board, like um, mentorship? Yeah. It's kind of like at camp, we try and make it like a holistic experience, you know, like where we kind of, we're teaching them how to play music and we're teaching them how to um, form collaborative bands and be like, you know, be able to work in groups and collaborate and like write a song. But the main idea of the camp is to just give them confidence to express themselves really because yeah. I think that's the first step is like you know even as an adult I'm always stopping myself saying oh no I can't do that imposter syndrome like I can't oh no I can't do that because I'm not qualified or oh no I can't 
like pick up a guitar and play a song. Mm. And so that's kind of what we're just trying to get over that one hurdle to be like, yes, you can. Here's a safe place for you to do that. Try it. See if you like it. And then that might lead to a music career or that might just lead to you being like a good human being, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even just having fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which a lot of us tend to forget about having fun. Eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I guess also like, I think a lot of other mentoring programs um, focus more on like the, you know, professional side of like being a musician as a young person and like maybe trying to breach them into the music industry and the music scene. Whereas at Girls Rock, we kind of have like workshops on like, DIY merch and like mindfulness and like making a zine and we have like body positivity and things like that where we're just like let's have fun let's just like do it in a DIY way and then if you want to pursue this go ahead kind of thing yeah which makes so much sense right because musicians are humans as well which is kind of the point of this whole thing it's like we're not we're not just like music making machines. No, <laughs> and there's like there's like healthy musicians and unhealthy musicians and all that stuff. But if you're focusing on that with the camp and kind of putting it as something different to say the industry, i.e., the industry is different to what you're talking about. Mm. Do you see, or do you want? those two things to come together in the future or do you do you see that as a possibility or do you kind of feel like we are building something separate from on the outside and trying to stay completely away from the industry I think we're definitely trying to work with the industry um we have a lot of industry partners who support us and a lot of people who give us money which is really amazing Mm. and also I think a lot of people who are in those Um, positions kind of also see that there's a problem that needs to be changed and we're so open with talking with them about what we think might need to change or like Mm. you know like we're we're kind of like we want this balance of like working with the music industry and also sort of paving our own way Mm. I think it's really important to kind of like make sure that we're trying to be leaders and like you know, making our own positions in this place, like in the world really. And then, um, you know, trying to do that as well as we can and then working with other people to see how we can learn from them and how they can learn from us. Cause I don't think it's like, yeah, I, I think that there's so much that we can learn from so many different people who have done this stuff before, but maybe in a different way. Yeah. Mm. You're kind of talking about building a, an actual collaboration. Yeah. Between the artists and, and some of the non-artists in the industry. Absolutely. Which kind of doesn't always exist no sometimes it doesn't yeah (laughs) and like i've like musicians are definitely guilty of that as well because you know the 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 diy mindset can also be a little bit um excluding yes as well on the on the whole other side of it for sure yeah and i i but you know i've i've always seen you as a very good um totem pole of diy you know (laughs) because i think like you do understand like you know you say words like holistic and wellness <laughs> and stuff like you know i put that in quotation marks you won't be able to see that on <laughs> yeah, the podcast, yeah, yeah but. <laughs> sure uh do you and i and do you think that you'll you know this diy spirit mm. this is something that you'll always move forward with right and Love i think it. it's like independence yeah yeah exactly i think it's like i don't know i kind of i'm very um I'm I'm a crafty person anyway. Yeah, right. like, I, I love DIY in all ways. Like I'm like 
all into the hacks, all into the crafts and things like that. Mm. And I just think that like, if you want to learn how to do something, you should do it yourself. And like, if you want to succeed in something, I don't know, not necessarily, like I can't do everything myself, obviously, but Which like- is an important realization. Yes, yeah. Um, but I think that more people need to try and, try and do a little bit of stuff DIY. Because I think there is a big block on, um, I think musicians, a lot of the time, if they don't get like signed to a label or if they don't get the like sort of exposure in the industry that they're looking for, they just give up or like don't do music anymore. And I think that's really sad because it's just like, I want them to be empowered to be able to do it themselves and make themselves happy in a way that doesn't have to be like industry approved, I guess. Yeah, right. Not yeah. on one of the kind of pre-built pathways. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just pave your own way. Yeah, I, I think so. I guess we're just talking. So, but you you mentioned like imposter syndrome and all that stuff. Like, did do you have you have you ever felt confident while you've been doing the things you're doing? Like, you even see like when you started Girls Rock Camp, like there was a kind of sense of oh, why don't we just do it? So, have you always had that kind of confidence? Because it doesn't seem like you you kind of mentioned that maybe you haven't. I do. I have. I like you know you project a confidence mm. and you say, I can do this. Yeah. Inside you're, you know, dying. I don't know. <laughs> so you've kind of learnt to do it. Yeah. I think that, um, I don't know. I don't know where it's just kind of like sometimes, sometimes it is the people around you as well. Like, I feel like it's not just me projecting the confidence to do girls rock stuff. It's like a group of us, we get into a room all together and we're like, Oh yeah, we can tackle the world it's fine. Like, yeah. And I think it, it comes from like creating that sort of safe sort of space where you can express yourselves and like talk about what you think. And then you hear other people around you being like, Oh, I think that too. And then it kind of creates this place where you can just sort of create together and do mm. something new. Kind of like the power of community, like people come together, communities. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is incredible. Cause you, you don't, there's no like physical space for girls rock camp. We kind of just meet wherever yeah. and each time. So, which is like, I think it's way harder to build that little bit of community. Absolutely. So yeah. It's like a testament to kind of how much hard work you and everyone's really put into it. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, you see it everywhere. And like, and uh, when you announced the one this week, I saw it everywhere because, oh, cool. because everyone's like, Everyone know, I think everyone admits and knows how important it is. Yeah. For so many reasons. Um, like there's there's gender gender specific reasons, but then mm -hmm. there's also like like we're saying music industry reasons and mentorship reasons and confidence reasons. Mm -hmm. And that's just again like why I think it's so important is because it really shows that there is action happening towards Yes. Some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure it feels, I'm not sure if it feels like that to you while you're doing it. You're probably like, oh, I'm, I'm writing lists and I'm, yeah. I'm sending emails. <laughs> a lot of admin. Yeah. <laughs> Always a lot yeah. of admin. But yeah, it does happen. Like, I think when you get into the room, like when I'm at home alone, sitting an email, I'm like, oh, this is not doing anything. Mm. And then you get into a room with the people who are involved with organizing the camp or even the mentors, you talk on the phone, you read the applications and then you realize how important it is, even though it's a small, it's only one week out of the year mm. um, that we have the camp. But the like lasting impression that it has on the community has been really the best thing about it. So like 
I've just met so many new friends as well. Like that's the most amazing thing. It's like a networking opportunity for us to just meet so many different people from different aspects of music and teaching and art and everything really. And it's like this network that like, I just see the girls rock bags everywhere and I'm like, oh, hey, hey, you know. Like, it must be such a positive environment. Yes, yeah, it is. It's really, it's, it can be a bit too much. Like the energy kind of gets a bit like, overamped and then everyone's right. like especially on the week of camp like everyone just gets like on this buzz and then like you know like at the after party or whatever everyone's just like screaming <laughs> because we don't know what to do we're yeah, just yeah. like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, yeah that's uh, i think that's a great thing it is <laughs> I, I, I could imagine a whole room of people right? just screaming <laughs> literally do you have like a big gig at the end of it do you like how do you celebrate the end of camp um we usually so on the showcase day we have um on the saturday we have a showcase from like one to three so that's when the like parents and like our partners and our sponsors come to watch the bands awesome. um, and the mentors as well and then afterwards after we've like you know loaded out and done all the bits and bobs we usually yeah like have a drink and then go to karaoke <laughs> very cool <laughs> and it's like intense yeah because <laughs> yeah. if you get like a bunch of amazing musicians in a karaoke booth yeah everyone's trying to out do each other competitive karaoke yeah it's competitive joining the olympics it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful oh awesome and and um oh, i forgot what i was gonna say there just I, got overwhelmed by overwhelmed. karaoke i just yeah imagining like i've just i've, I've never been for karaoke but brad um yeah. he is he is a karaoke oh. machine and he'll just like he'll hit it he'll hit it all the time and i but <laughs> i've sat there and watched him sometimes it's always a good time <laughs> Um, yeah, because you, I mean, it reminds me a lot of like what I imagine early Rock Quest must have been like. Yeah. I don't know if you ever think about that with a parallel almost. Absolutely, yeah. Because, and I think that what that has become is is, is kind of the, the model for how much good you can do yep. in such a wide um, section of New Zealand. Oh, absolutely. And I really feel like people look at that and they don't imagine that it, it once had its first and second year. Yeah, for you know? sure. I mean, it, like it started in the 80s or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, tend to, I think it's a bit of a theme, people looking at what we have now and kind of imagining like that there wasn't ever a, a first year of R&V with yeah. only a few people going and stuff, yeah. you know, but it was. It was. I mean, Everything starts out like that grassroots, Yeah. you know. And maybe that would help people like start the same things over and over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you a little bit about because you you you, you do rock quest stuff. Yes, yeah. And um, when the thing I'm always struck when I do rock quest, especially the young ages, is is actually like how many girls, yeah, are in all the acts across all of it. Yeah, and it, it's always left me like really confused as to what happens from that point. Mm. All the way through to let's say like the 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 Bay Dreams lineup. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, do you, and I just really wanted to know if you had any like insight on on kind of where I I, I would assume that girls rock camp is, is in some way an answer to at least some of it. Um, but I, I was just kind of wondering if there was more than that that you saw actually going on in there. Yeah, I think there's a huge missing link there where um, young girls and like trans and gender non-conforming kids are getting really into music in their like high school time 
and then they leave school and then they stop. Mm. There's a really big missing chunk there. Yeah. I'm, I think there's so many factors at play. Uh, one thing that I know from experience from when I was playing music in high school and then I left school was like, I think it was just a lot, it's that imposter syndrome as well. Like it's like, it's a lot more intense to kind of like leave your school music department or something like that and then try and like book a, you know, a studio for yourself mm. or like to try and do it yourself unless you have like, you know, some sort of managers or labels backing you and things like that. And then you have the problem where sometimes, you know, young women on music labels, they have a different idea of what they're supposed to be, you know, like pop stars and there's that whole different machine of like churning out the next Lord or the next Benny and things like that. Mm. And then I think also there's so many things. No, no, but but, exactly. I want, that's why you're here. And then I think also like, you know, you kind of have that thing where um, a lot of young women probably don't have the confidence like built into them from, High school, I don't know, you know, like you always see people being like, have the confidence of like an average white man. Cause like you see like, you know, so many men do apply for jobs and apply for things that they're not qualified for, but the confidence that they bring to that, I think is just instilled in like through society that they're like, yes, I could do that. And then they get the job or whatever. But as like a woman, I would never just like give in a CV for a job I didn't think I was qualified for. And that's a really weird imbalance there right yeah and then also I think yeah. that a lot of the time there is a lot of like you know sexual assault and unsafe spaces in music especially like at like you know festivals at gigs at like bars and things like that I think a lot of young women get put off by that um you know like when I first started playing shows I was playing in bars I was 16 15 actually and I started playing in bars and I would get hit on as a 15-year-old girl who's obviously way too young to be in the bar. And my parents are like right there because it was, wasn't legal. Yeah. You know, and it's just like this creepy, it was, a, it was a lot worse then. But like, I think it's like, sometimes there can be that atmosphere that is off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That, that is a lot of things. I know. But <laughs> I would, no, 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 don't, please don't be sorry. It's exactly the point. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. So- would it be fair to say that you could maybe put those into two different things and, and largely, which is, and one seems to be that there is that gap you talked about where we're not illuminating the potential pathways or maybe giving a bit of experience early on. Yeah. So when you drop and you've got to do a whole bunch of stuff from scratch yeah. that you've never really done before. And I guess that would be really hard if there isn't a strong mentorship within the scene or, or connections. For sure. And then the, I think the other things are saying like a whole series of different um, uh, like uh, topics and issues that all have to do with disincentivizing people to stay in it. Like maybe making yep. the grind yes. so much harder. Absolutely. Because like the grind is essentially something a lot of musicians have to deal with. Oh yeah. Another album, another tour, another album, another tour doing yep. this stuff and, it, it, it's it's almost about minimizing the things that wear you down while you're on it. Yes. Right. Yeah. And maybe what you're saying is that the it's so much harder for a certain group of people 
to yep. minimize those things is just a larger amount of disincentives absolutely to keep going yeah yeah i see what you're saying yeah i think like you know when i first thought about oh you know i should go on tour and then i thought about going into you know maybe like a van situation with another band that's probably going to be dudes i'll probably be the only woman playing every night which has happened a lot of times on tour and then every night you're spending in a bar around alcohol and also then you have to find a place to crash that night. And I do it DIY. So we just ask and, you know, the other bands, hey, do you have a house that we can crash at? And then you're sleeping on some random person's floor. And it's like there's so many things that are hurdles there that like a lot of people would be like, hell no, I'm not doing that, you know. And I think that's the thing that we don't really think about a lot of the time is like it is actually really hard to navigate that. Yeah. What kind of like – but you you say that and then and then you you did you went and did all those things. I do those things. So how did how did you <laughs> d- did you develop some kind of way to deal with it better or like have you have you got some kind of system or habits you have like what um, how, what helps you get through that? I have no idea. <laughs> I just yeah, like right. I think I'm um, like you know I'm I'm scared of situations a lot of the time. But then I have James and my um, partner is in my band, and it's kind of like I think having someone else there that you really, really trust that, you know, can help you if you get into a bad situation and having someone else there that you can say, I'm not feeling this situation, let's gap. Because that's happened a lot of times as well where I've been, you know, in the States and you're at a bar and you're getting felt up by some random dude in the audience. And then I go, you know what? Fuck this. Uh, sorry, I don't know if I'm swearing. No, you can swear. Okay, fuck this. Yeah. I'm out, you know. I think like, that's an appropriate swear word yeah. there. Let's go. And yeah. and then that person goes, Yep, let's go. You know, not on. And I think a lot of the time, yeah, I've like driven to somewhere and been like, This place looks shady. Bye. You know, like I yeah. think you just gotta have that like quick judgment and it's but it's hard. Do you get frustrated that you even have to factor in yes. that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also like I'm a very like this is why I do girls rock as well, because I'm a I like to you know, instead of complaining a lot about things, even though it's horrible, like I, I and worthy I, to, I complain need to complain about, yeah, 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 absolutely. But I'm, I would rather um, bring positivity and positive action into something, so I can say this is something horrible. How can I change maybe the culture around it? What needs to change? Let's try something else. Yeah, and I think with Girls Rock, it's like it's just providing. Even though we are a lot older than the campers, it's providing a positive and like, I don't know, it's a role model who has been through that before to be like able to talk to them about it. And like, you know, I see Girls Rock Kids at gigs all the time and yeah. I'm like, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Like, you know, I'm gonna like, you know, like, I'm just here if you need to talk. Like, it's kind of like being that role model outside of the camp as well. Did you have anyone older than you when you were uh, coming through that gave you that kind of support or gave you that kind of mentorship? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like one person is Billy from Street Chant, right. you know, and she's like one of the main organizers at Girls Rock now, you know, and like I think even though she was only a few years older than me, it really it did help, yeah. Mm. And I did also have a lot of um, male role models that were like that person as well, like, you know, Blink from Camp Aloham and – Shut I love up, stuff. Like, yeah. Great guy. 
And like Matthew Crawley was a really great guy who helped us, me and my band, when we were teenagers and things like that. Just like, yeah, I think just having that positive role model. Because yeah. I feel like there is, and this just maybe my view is more of an outsider to a lot of things, is that there seems to be a little lack of kind of formal and informal mentorship. Yes. Like direct mentorship. Yeah. I think we're very, I think it's a very like amicable music scene, but I, I also, it seems to lack a little bit of like, hey, yeah. I see you're doing this or like a, a, this is happening and like here's some advice. Do you, do you get yeah. that feeling as well? Absolutely. I wonder yeah. if it, but you've traveled, don't you? You know a lot of Australian musicians yes, and you've traveled yeah. America. Do you get the sense that we just have the same problems as, as them in this sense or that this, has, this is a slightly New Zealand-centric thing or are we just mm. dealing with what everyone's dealing with? I think we do have a tall poppy syndrome as well in New Zealand. You know, we do like to be like, no, I'm doing well, you know. <laughs> I'll yeah. do this and I'll do it well, but you know, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Mm. And I think that's a real shame. I think we need to be able to share resources and knowledge and be like, this is how I did it. Maybe you could try it like this and you are in my community too. Let's look out for each other. Mm. I think it's a worldwide problem though. Yeah. I think that New Zealand specifically has a good amount of it, a good dose of tall poppy syndrome, but I think everyone is like that. Yeah. I think in the States, um, and in Australia, there is a really, really amazing DIY community that kind of spans the whole country, you know, like I think that it's more, it's bigger just because they're bigger as well. Mm. New Zealand's so small, it's really hard to kind of, yeah, I don't know, it's just really hard to find so many like-minded people. Yeah, yeah. but and, and if they are there, we're really bad at supporting them unless they're right here at Whammy Bar. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually reread I reread Blink's book. Oh yes. Um, what's wrong with the New Zealand music industry? Oh. I think it's like from 2014. Yeah, but he wrote it like around 2010. It says. Yeah. And it's so scary how it's still it's still exactly the same. I know, right? It's still exactly the same. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> and his and I, I that was one of the m more powerful points I think he made was what you just made essentially like the DIY system. Yes. Like the uh, uh, US is famous for it. Yeah. Like you're saying, Australia has a good Australia's system as really well. Australia is really good, yeah. And we have a lot of like little rural towns and people like music, but his whole mm -hmm. point is that we have no way to get the information and the support and the organization out to those places and yeah. to keep them running. And I think that's, that is a real, that really gets in the way of us <laughs> getting out there a bit, eh? Yeah. Because are you are you small town or big city? Are you are you? I'm Auckland? from Auckland. Okay, yeah. cool. Right. Yeah, but um, James from Carbon Carb is from Wanganui. Right. And he has he does a lot of the work for Carbon Carb with our. He's got a lot of the DIY spirit, mm. and I kind of just ride in the back, going yeah. <laughs> the, with the flag out the, the flag, time, yeah. <laughs> Carbon Carb flag. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Did and um, uh, do you miss? Gigging because you guys are like actual giggers. Like you were well, actually <laughs> really good at playing shows and love yeah. you. They're kind of built for the show thing. Are you really missing it right now? I'm or? really missing it. I'm yeah. sorry. It's fine. I mean, we kind of did actually take a year off this year. We mm. kind of do a year on year off kind of system. Um, so this year we're writing, which I hate. I hate writing. Right. <laughs> I hate it. I love gigging. I like going, like especially going to Australia and touring there because it's so much fun and I get to see all my old friends and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, it's hard. 
<laughs> yeah, I just want to be able to play these songs, not have to yeah. make them. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, like, I don't know, I hate practicing. I'm just like, why don't you just get me in front of an audience? I'll do some banter and we'll have a great time. Bro. No one cares if you do it wrong. I feel like you need to be like, you need to find someone else to play guitar and then you can, like, they, and you just get to be the front one. <laughs> You, you guys practice, yeah, because I know my lines already. So right. I'll just come along to sound checks. That's what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. Get a ghostwriter as well to write all the songs. Yeah, yeah. Hey, everyone else has got one. Why not just bloody? Yeah, gosh, hire it out. Everyone assumes <laughs> that if you sing it, everyone assumes you, you wrote it anyway. So no one, it doesn't really matter. That's true. No one's checking the credits on Spotify except like me and you, maybe. I don't even know there are credits on Bro, Spotify. Every song, find wow. out like usually it's like produced by, written Ooh. by. Oh, I'm going to look at that. It's really cool, man. It is cool. It's really cool. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because I'm very lucky in a sense that I don't do anything that really musicians usually do, mm. like play shows yeah, <laughs> and do stuff like that. Um, and so this year, again, I am far more of an outsider to it because it really hasn't affected me at all. But yeah, I really feel for a lot of people that didn't have the timing that you guys might have oh had where they, they had that momentum going and it's just... Yeah completely upended it it's like brutal have you even have you tried to watch any like instagram live gigs i have do you why how do you feel about them i feel okay about okay. them it depends um the girls rock and pointer did a really good one where they kind of did facebook live oh yeah and they had like people tapping in and out like of the stream kind of thing and that was cool i really liked it i think a lot of the time it can feel a bit stale mm. um like we did one, Carbon Carb did one, where we had an electric drum kit and a full, like it was like a full band set up. I think I might have seen that. It was really fun. It yeah. was like James on the electric drum kit and um, me playing like electric guitar through like two or three amps. Yeah, right. And we try and recorded it. Like we tried to record it as well as possible with like an interface and stuff. Um, and that was really fun and silly. And I think people liked that. Yeah. But I think a lot of the time, yeah, I can look at it and just be like, it's another like acoustic guitar on your bed kind of vibe. And I'm like, I love that. Very intimate, very emo, but also like I've seen it for six months now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I rem Yeah. It's, it's so tough. It's definitely, I think everyone's realized, like, well, this isn't a replacement. No. At all. This is something different. It is. Yeah. And maybe it, it might be the birth of like some yeah. other thing is, that will run in tandem, but it's not... It's not gigs. It's not a gig, yeah. I very much miss going to a gig. Oh, I, I mean, like, there are still gigs on now, but, like, they're, like, they're sit not, down? I just, it's hard, but I, I just feel like they're not real gigs, are they? Yeah. Like, I don't want to yeah. say that, because yeah. they are, obviously, gigs, but they're not, mm. they're not real gigs. Yeah. <laughs> they're a bit different. I just think, that, like, I'm almost thinking nostalgically back on the period of the level one between the two lockdowns <laughs> where I got to see, like, wax channels and yeah. shit like that. It just felt like now it feels like a dream. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like, and that's that's the thing. I feel that way, and I don't. I'm not even someone who's like really super <laughs> attached to gigs because I don't like being out late. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Because I asked this. I. It's funny. I had Tay and Yeri from Amoongi um, mm. here, and uh, last week, and we so, something did come up where we did talk about venues and 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 safe spaces yeah and i and i i said to them i'm gonna ask a slightly confronting but genuine question yeah. which i would like to ask you as well is that like we all safe spaces are important yes can can we make bars safe spaces is it is it are we 
yeah, that's that's really the question. Like, yeah. what can we do? Yeah, it's a it's a big one. Yeah, it's a big toughy one. <laughs> I think um, I think it's possible. I do. I think that I don't understand a lot of the time why we can go from just say like a restaurant and everyone's behaving accordingly and like they realize oh you go into a restaurant you're not gonna throw a tantrum and punch someone or grope someone and do something inappropriate so why can't a bar be the same you know yeah I think that the culture just generally needs to be changed and people need to be like that's not okay behavior don't do that I think that's a good point because (laughs) it's not the bars that assault anyone it's it's no the people who (laughs) come to the show yeah because they I think bars are perceived as a place where you can go and just let loose and get as drunk as you want and like do whatever you want kind of thing you know that's the appeal and that's that's fun you know whatever but I think that I just think there needs to be more like rules involved not necessarily rules but like maybe guidelines of how to act and maybe like a contextual presentation of the space yeah like we aren't because I guess when you when you describe bars like that I actually think of nightclubs Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and so potentially maybe part of it, like Whammy does really good with the kind of like expectations and yeah. like a few of the systems they have. Exactly. But maybe there needs to be a more of like a lesson for venues as part of the solution. I'm not saying this is just a solution. Yeah. Just being like, hey, this isn't a nightclub. This isn't, this yeah. is closer to a restaurant. Yeah. The food just happens to be music and you're going to yeah, exactly. enjoy it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Why not? I, you know, like, and like, there are amazing steps being made by a lot of bars and um, like live music venues that are like, you know, safer spaces, policies where they have, you know, we don't tolerate this sort of behavior and they have bar staff who are ready to kick someone out if they are presenting that behavior. I think a lot of the time, like bouncers, bar staff Mm. need to be trained at picking up behavior that's not acceptable or maybe being more active with, you know, like recognizing it and saying, no, no, that's not okay. You need to leave or something. Yeah. You know? And I think, yeah, patrons as well just need to learn how to act. Like, you know, like I think it's it's going to take a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just think like, you know, everyone's, we all talk about how um, Facebook and shit takes our like tribal uh, tendencies and then like makes yeah. them real negative. Yes. But I've always thought that like, it, they're not necessary. Tribal instincts don't have to necessarily be negative to create a group. It just means like we have a group and there are expectations within yeah. this group and we're going to identify as this. Yeah. And I wonder if we need to start fostering a little bit more of like we, the music community. Yes. You know, not only just like the musicians, but like the people who enjoy music. And yeah. we, the, the, this is the expectation. Yeah. You know, because we've all been at a gig and. You know, even at, even at Whammy, where you're standing right next to the door, people are coming in, and you see a group of four or five, like, let's be honest, mostly guys, yep. stumble into the room together and they're yeah. loud. And I'm sure everyone who is part of the music scene, I did quotes there, yeah. um, <laughs> looks at those people and kind of rolls their eyes and goes, yeah. fuck, we kind of know who these people Yeah. And I and I just wonder if there needs to be more of a sense of being okay with saying like, actually, we already know that those guys that just came in, they're probably not actually people we want here. Yeah, yeah. So how, what do we need to be sending a bit more of a message that go somewhere else. Yeah. Like not everyone's money is worth it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, it's very easy exclusive. for me to say who's not. Yeah. I, and it's hard. Like people don't 
you know, it isn't inclusive to say that. Yeah. But then again, there are people who are causing problems. Absolutely. We yeah. can't really be inclusive of those people. Yeah. It's, yeah. If they like, you know, you give them a chance. Like I know when I'm working yeah. the door at a gig that I'm playing or something, you're like, oh gosh, here we go. Here comes trouble. Right. And they come in and I go, hey, look, this is, you know, it's a gig. This and this is happening. These bands are playing. Um, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be fun. This is the door charge, you know. And then they'll come in and I'm like, okay, keep an eye on them, you know. Like, yeah. Just keep an eye. And then if something happens, then they're out, you know. Then you tell the bar, actually, no, these guys are causing trouble. Bye. But I think a lot of people, I think we have to give credit to a lot of people. Like they would come into that situation, see everyone, you know, like can you imagine like being that guy coming into the bar and then like being greeted nicely by a door person and they're saying, oh yeah, this is the situation. There's this band's playing, blah, blah, blah. And then they come in and all these people look at them and they're like, oh God, not these guys. And there's like a, you know, nice little band playing on the stage. And you know, like you got to, if I was in that position, I would be like, oh, I see the vibe change. You know, maybe I'll adapt to the vibe and enjoy it and be like, okay, this is the vibe now or I'll leave. Mm. And I think, that hap does happen a lot it of does. the time. Yeah. But then you just get sometimes that happens. It's usually the amount of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that should be, to, to be honest, it should be the bouncer's job to say, you're, you're smashed. You mm. can't come in here. You can't gauge a vibe right now. Yeah. You, you're not going to get the Can vibe. Can you gauge a vibe? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you, you can't even talk to me right now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. you. I've always, uh, like, a great door person as well and a great like bouncer is, yeah. is more important to the vibe of a venue sometimes or Absolutely. like any restaurant or you know yeah. hospitality which i work in yeah um For yeah sure. i totally get that yeah i don't I, you set the vibe yeah and then people change to the vibe or they don't yes yeah, exactly. and that's fine they can come in they can buy something or they can leave now i'm uh, i will never ever want to see the end of um venues in places that sell alcohol yeah ever because that's great it's fun yeah. Um, I do like to imagine and ask people though, uh, what would be your, if you could imagine a venue that mm -hmm. didn't rely on selling alcohol mm -hmm. and let's just say, I guess, had no commercial pressures. Yes. Do you have like a, an, a, a dream kind of like setting to play in and consume live music? Hell yeah. What is it? Yeah. Um, all ages gigs, love them. Yeah. All ages DIY um, a lot of the shows that I find are the best are kind of like in record stores. They might be BYO, which is fun. Um, they might be in someone's backyard. They might be in a community hall. They might be in a cafe, that sort of thing. I really like, yeah, I think live music venues should also have places that are like big, like a community hall that's a big place, has a nice PA set up or something or like, you know, like has – Good sound, yeah, yeah, but also doesn't have to rely on alcohol. I think that's really what I would love. Yeah, yeah, right. Just one. You have the option to go to Whammy to see the band, or you have the option to go to an all ages venue. You know, which would, to be fair, I didn't even see them as in competition because the all yeah. ages shows would be early. Exactly. Yeah, and way different. Yeah, crowd. Audience. You could go see Carbon Carbon and all ages show and a matinee. Yes. Right. But you don't even have to call them matinees when, when um, again, bands are whammy at headlining and going on stage at midnight. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's, a different, it's a different day. 
Yeah, it is a different. <laughs> <laughs> it is a different day. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I just like when I was growing up, like there going was a all ages shit scene in Auckland, so wasn't much, there? Yeah. So what happened? Uh, everyone got priced out of the city. So I used to go. I mean, the first show I played was on Cross Street at Cross Street Studios, where people used to live, and it was art studios, and it was amazing. It was really, really cool. And then, you know, they just get kicked out because that's going to be, you know, fancy apartments or yeah. fancy offices now or fancy bar or fancy cafe or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think p- people are just getting priced out of the city. I want to see more small towns and more like outly- yeah. outlying suburbs. Well, not even like, know? not even outlying, like Onihanga. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, and there is like you know, there's that um, three twelve hub. Is that what it's called? Yeah, there's stuff like that. There are spaces that are doing stuff. With I mean, art I think, and music. Yeah, BFM does an incredible job of showcasing that there are there are venues yes. that are not bars yes. that the public can go and watch music. Absolutely. You know, I think in their in, in their way, that's them trying to show a bit of leadership in there. But mm-hmm. there's it, not much happens once they pack the desk up and go home. Yeah, for sure. I think it's kind of like, well, yeah, when I was a teenager, the venues I would be going to would be like Mount Eden Scout Hall, which had a DIY punk gig every month. You yeah. know, it was a regular thing. It was um, kids putting it on as well. It was, you know, teenagers put booking the Scout Hall, bringing all the gear and putting on the show. And it was like kind of, it became its own thing. Yeah. Um, and then they just hiked the price up and it was like, yeah. you know, a hundred bucks an hour instead of $10 an hour yeah. <laughs> or something like that, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, Tay, her, she, Louise does her architecture degree mm. and was doing a lot of research actually on Kalanga Happy Road mm. and how, and the, the dual process of like gentrification and the packaging and selling of what used to exist yes. forces the thing to actually completely leave. Yeah, and so it, yeah, and and it is a real issue because now it's not only pricing out central, yeah, but then okay, well you move out further, but then it's not heaps cheaper, no, and now you've added more costs of travel because yeah. our public transport isn't good, exactly, and probably more advertising and like it, it all these hidden costs ramp up that yeah. essentially you know. It, there is no really good option. It's not as simple as say, we'll just move somewhere cheaper. Yeah, I hate, I hate that fucking, when people say that. <laughs> um, it, you, I feel like you and I kind of look up to and are inspired by the same kind of person. Like you mentioned like a Blink mm-hmm. and like a Matthew Crawley. Yeah. And, um, and in essence, I see those kinds of people and others as they are mu- musicians. Mm-hmm but they're that hybrid individual of a musician slash like music industry. I'm going to put on gigs. I'm going to do these things. Do you, do you think, have we got that new generation of those kinds of people coming through? Like, Mm. is it, are we missing a little bit of that? And is that why some of these gigs aren't happening? Like, do you get a sense that like, uh, yeah, I wonder if that's something we're missing. That kind of person who just doesn't just want to be in the band, but wants to put on the show. Yeah. For sure. I think, um, like, I think there are a lot of people who do it and then they try and do it and then they get burnt out Yeah. and they don't have the support maybe that I, I just think it's really hard. Like I think, um, 
you know, I know so many people who are like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to start my own record label. Yeah. I'm going to start my own like production company. I don't know. Like they're going to do all these things. And then it becomes really difficult and like, yeah, just pricey, really expensive. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of grants and things I've learned from Girls Rock. There are a lot of people who want to support that. Like the Auckland Council wants to support things like that. And I think that it's really hard for people who don't know that or don't know how to do it to just like try, I don't know. Like yeah. I think there's like, I think there needs to be more knowledge shared as well. Like I think people need to be like, oh, do you want to try and put on a show? You can ask me and I can help you. Yeah. You know? Here's like a holistic res <laughs> resource pack. Exactly. Of yeah. like the places you can, yeah. Yeah. And that's something like, I mean, there are, that's why the States and Australia are really successful in that way is because they have so many different communities and websites even like do DIY and things like that where you can go on and be like what are the venues that are cheap and DIY and then you look it up and you're like oh there's a venue and then you go well what are the bands and then you go look it up oh there's the bands yeah and then you kind of just throw it together and then everyone's like oh so maybe collaborate on the next gig or like stuff like that yeah yeah I don't think it needs to be one person no I think it just needs I think people need the DIY bug they need a yeah yeah, <laughs> I think hard, so too, which is hard when because we've lost momentum. Yeah, exactly. It's easy to get it when things are happening. Yes. But what we're talking about now is someone walking into a dead room. Yeah, exactly. With nothing happening and being like, it's party time. You're right. <laughs> which is exactly. very different than walking into a full room being it's party time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but this is the whole point of a lot of this stuff, I think, is that like that we, it's not a, it's, a, it's a, almost an obvious point. Mm. That we don't have this and that we might need this kind of stuff. But there are we if it's so obvious where are the things that are happening, you know. Yeah. And what's more frustrating in many ways is that everyone also has good intentions and wants the same thing. So it's not even yeah. like there's no villain. There's no like <laughs> there's no one there being like, No, I don't fucking you know. Yeah. <laughs> so what so that makes well, it more frustrating. Like then yeah. why isn't it happening? Where is you, you know, gotta do it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's fun. laughs> be the change you want to see in the yeah, world. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But again, that's why I admire you so much because you actually do that. I try. <laughs> you try. Yeah, that's all we can do, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you can um, just try. <laughs> yeah, we can just try. I mean, for that, for that DIY, like the whole being priced out thing. Yeah. Unless, personally, I have, uh, uh, unless we actually get into politics or there's a political movement that seriously wants to actually deal with um, land and house prices, which yes, personally I don't really see yeah. in any major way, yeah. um, then we may be forced to essentially admit we can't for now be here. Yeah. There's only so much that we can do yeah. to, and I like, and I'm not saying that everyone will leave, but like to actually build enough of the community. And so I think we also have to have like kind of a, the plan A is to fix that. Of yes. Course. Yeah. But for me, the, the, the plan B is essentially, well, okay, we have, there's, there's things happening in Onihanga, right? Mm. There's things happening all around these different areas and like Avondale, all these things, yeah. you know, we need to start focusing on almost like a decentralized yeah. music scene. Yeah. And, and like, um, you know, helping these smaller scenes grow themselves yeah. while also promoting the like intermixing mm -hmm. of those scenes. 
which is tough because we're, what we're really talking about is like local boards, zoning consents, new venues in areas where there haven't been venues before yeah. and public transport. And yes. essentially, you yes, we will, we will lose the people who just like turning up in taxis near town and going, oh, well, I'll go to K Road instead of thing. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, that's the motivation to solve plan A. Absolutely, yeah. But in the meantime, like, we, we should... We shouldn't just sit around and wait for a pot, you know, our savior to come along and run, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I don't really know what to do about that, but I do. I do. The more and more I think about it, the more um, I've had a lot of conversations with uh, music industry people who it just actually keeps coming back to physical spaces and venues. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there are a few. I think that, I don't know. I, I think the solution would be talking to more people and seeing what is out there. Cause you know, like I, um, with girls rock and the others way we do a collaboration with them where we do, um, a couple stages or a stage at their festival. That's all ages venue. And, you know, I was talking to them and then they were like, well, there's this place, you know, the place that you're doing it at actually, um, they hire out their like theater for like 20 bucks an hour or something like that. And I was just like, oh, I didn't even know that. Like I was like, oh, so I could probably book this and then put on a show. And then I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'll just do that. You know, like, and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. but you, you just don't know no. a lot of the time because okay. also like, I think, you know, like a lot of the places, they probably want to keep it quite under wraps. Like, um, like the Sunday school that the Others Way All Ages Stage is at, um, it's, a Methodist church, I think. Yeah, right. And, you know, they want to be able to keep it really aligning with their values and they want to make sure that, you know, riffraff aren't going to come in, yeah. which is totally fair. And then we put on a couple shows with them through the Others Way and they realize, oh, Girls Rock is okay or like Others Way is okay. Earned that trust. Yeah. And then possibly, I haven't tried yet, but, you know, possibly that might be a place where we go again and we can build that relationship with them. Mm. But I think a lot of the problem is, yeah, like, there are central venues, but I think they don't, you know, they might be a bit apprehensive because of maybe the culture of like a punk gig would bring or something, yeah, you right. know, or like they're just not sure. They don't know, you know? Yeah. And then you're also saying even just that's, that's the step beyond even just finding the place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do, do you think that the, is your sense that there would be someone at the Auckland council or one of these things that would, be interested in like developing a directory for venues or cause I, they have one for, yeah, they have one for like rooms at the library and stuff like that. Yeah. They, and they have, yeah, they have like, um, halls and things yeah like venues on the Auckland council, like website. Um, yeah. Maybe just like taking that and expand, like saying, Hey, yeah. well, it'd be really, we, we need to decentralize and it'd be really great if someone here could, you know, create a directory of yeah. user contact detail. And then the, then the venues themselves can be like, oh, we don't want dubstep gigs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. not 2008 anymore, but I get it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. That I mean, that's something small and actionable. Yeah. That, you know, a little bit more information, communication always helps. Yeah. For sure. And again, no one, no one in their right minds can be like, no, you, we don't, no one, don't build a directory of, vet, you know, right? no one's yeah. going to fucking say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we don't have much time left. Yes. I mean, it's fucking flowing. <laughs> I know. Time flies. It's always a joy talking to you. <laughs> um, I kind of want like, 
Is there is there anything that you view yourself doing in the future or that you that you want to do now that you're not doing? Because it kind of seems like you're doing a lot of the stuff, mm. at least of what we've talked about before. You seem to be like actioning all of it. Mm. But is there some kind of like vision of yourself in the future that's different to what you're doing now, or you just kind of want to keep? You're very in the moment. Just keep smashing it. Keep smashing it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I think the overall vision, like with Girls Rock specifically, is that we want to build more all ages um community yeah in auckland because that was something that was you know it was thriving at different parts different points of the past like two decades or whatever you know yeah i think that's one thing that i really want to build up again with our girls rock community is like putting on cool shows for young people Mm. i think that would be great yeah yeah and um yeah i don't know i think just continuing <laughs> girls rock and like yeah. continuing to do carb on carb and playing shows and having fun yeah nice <laughs> trying to find the fun try and find the fun do you have do, uh, do you have any plugs do you have any like any plugs? is it is, is it still sign up o- open at the moment for girls rock Karen? yes yeah so we opened um on the 16th and uh that's applications for mentors and campers um and interns cool. which is a new thing that we're kind of expanding um so yeah the applications are just open and when do they what date do they close on um november 1st or until they're filmed basically yeah Yeah, so and if people want to find out more about girls rock camp where's the like best place to go girlsrock.co.nz awesome yeah (laughs) very easy very very easy yes yeah um well thanks for thank you coming down nicole (laughs) it's great um, I feel like we'll have you back to talk about more stuff. I could talk for hours. <laughs> I bloody love it. <laughs> I've got right. so many opinions. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> there you go. Sure. <laughs> Too easy.